0: This is my life. These are my stories. It's your girl T. And this is where you want to be on a late night. This is my story. And I decided that it's been long enough. And I should go ahead and maybe tell a little bit of my story. we release some of this old Pent up hurt that's been lingering on, lingering on inside me, um growing up, you know didn't have the best of life. I do remember having fun though, and having family and you know trying to make the best out of what we have, but from as far as my memory goes back, I remember poor, you know being poor and not having it, being left at home, not having food to eat, Um, going door to door, asking for food. Um, Remember always wanting my mom and dad to come home because we're just there at home by ourselves. Um, A feeling of loneliness, Um, thinking that, well, I guess this is it. This is just my life. I'm in price to go, and I used to play by myself. And I have my group of brothers and sisters. I have five brothers. I have, well, at that time, I had, let's see, probably four or, yeah, four sisters. Um, my younger sister wasn't born yet. So from the time I can remember back to, I used to play by myself and I used to go make up games and, you know, make up stories and things in my head by myself. And, you know, the little kids were little, so they, they'd they be crying and wanting bottles and stuff. And the older kids were probably trying to go outside or probably trying to keep their mind off of just being hungry. So I used to distract myself and create... That's why I think I became a creative person to like do music and poetry and, you know, videos and, you know, draw and just like I like to create. And It all started when I was little. Just, I guess, escaping reality and doing something different that made me happy. So, yeah, my creativeness came from just distracting myself from everything that was going on. For the most part, I do remember also, you know, walking miles or walking far to different places. I remember being in weeklies. I remember being in hotels. I remember being in a couple apartments, um, living with other people. Um, I remember a full house always. And I remember daddy going, uh. I remember Mama gone. I remember wanting my dad to come back so much, and him not being able to come back, or him not be able to come in the house because our mom wouldn't let us open the door. I remember them fighting a lot. I remember them having sex a lot. I remember having a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, and I remember being picked on for the way I ran Um, I remember being really skinny not having no clothes sleeping in big old pallets on the ground with all my brothers and sisters I remember looking at my mom and always wondering where she was going when she left Always wondering what my brothers and sisters was doing when they was stealing money from her purse. And I guess they just stole it because we could have some food when they left. I remember a lot. And then it comes to the day we got took into foster care. Nineteen ninety five. They took us away from my parents of course I didn't know what was going on at that time I remember we all went to this place we were inside of this room where they had you know stuff on TV cartoon shows and it was a see through glass I, I think I remember looking through it and I seen my mom do it we were in there confused I remember um, my sister trying to keep us distracted much as she could I don't remember us all just chilling and I remember crying I remember tears came I remember us leaving and we were at this place and these people came and they all picked who they wanted to live with and they you know I got picked to go with a lady and me and my sister and uh, my older sister Uh, two older sisters and two younger sisters at that time So I was picked to go with one of my older sisters. And then my other older sister went with my younger sister, one of my younger sisters. Everybody got basically split up. All My brothers got, you know, picked by people as well. And I remember us going to Burger King or somewhere like that. We ate. Then we all went our separate ways. And it was like, okay, what's going on here? We were at, you know, our foster homes, whatever. We're just there. We had a room. I remember settling in. It was kind of a familiar thing because sometimes we used to get taken away when we are living with our parents and they would take us to these temporary little shelter things with kids there. I don't remember what they were called, but we used to get taken to those um, when people came and found us left by ourselves. And it kind of reminded me of that. So I thought, you know, we'd be here for a couple days and we'll go back home. But as I realized, like time going by and nothing's happening, I used to talk to my sister and I said, to tell her, like, when are we going home? And she was like, oh, we're going to be going home soon. And I remember Dear Mama used to play from Tupac. And I used to just listen to that and cry. And I used to want to just go home. And I I was just confused. And my sisters would always tell me, we're going to go home. Don't worry. We'll go home. And I just believed. It, and I had this hope. This hope always that we were going to go back home. And we never did we never actually went home we stayed in foster care we stayed there and we dealt with what was given to us we were I don't know I I I wouldn't say we were we weren't happy or we were sad all the time we learned to adjust to our environment we tried to make the best of it um but it was, you know, of course, it was issues with, with foster, um, for the different foster homes and how foster parents treated their foster kids, and it's always a thing where they treat their kids different than the foster kids, and that's where you get the the feeling of always thinking you're not good enough, or you're segregated, or you're getting treated different for someone, so you always have that feeling like you want to be you know you want to be loved the same or equal or you're not good enough to be loved like other people so that's what that all developed in my life um i just wanted someone to love me not leave me be home feed me take care of me um, i started to really you know gain those feelings for my foster mom. Like, okay, well, she's here. She's taking care of us, so I don't care as long as we're okay. You know, if we don't get treated the same, whatever, as long as we have a place to live because we didn't have pretty much anywhere to live like that back in the day. And when we did, it was terrible places, so I was happy to have a, a house. Like, we actually have a house and a room and clothes. So, you know, we went to school my first time being in school and meeting people but I was so awkward because I didn't know how to deal with having friends and being around people and it took me a long to adjust I used to get into it with these two girls PE all the time these two black girls they seemed like they were like they didn't like me for some reason I don't I don't know why but they always came around and try to flip me off or try to say weird stuff to me and I'll just be like, okay, you know, my first time being in school and I said flip them off back and I said get in trouble and get demerits and get in trouble because I'll never care. You know, if you say something to me, I'm going to say something back, period. So I said get in trouble a little bit at school. New experience for me, never been to school. But I remember, you know, having crushes on little Mexican and white boys. And wanted to you know be with him for you know at a young age, I don't it's so crazy. I used to really like this boy named Greg a lot, and I just wanted to be his little girlfriend. I was so young, I don't know why I had those strong, intense feelings for this boy at that time. I just remember liking him a lot and crying when he didn't wanna hug me back or he was acting like i he didn't like me, but then it was days where he did act like he liked me, and it was confusing. And we are only seven years old. And I can't remember perfect. And all my Mexican homegirls that I had was always, you know, trying to keep our relationship going. It was so crazy. But that was my first, like, was this boy named Greg. And then, um, before you know it, I had to move from my first home and go to another home and the second home was you know a two-story house even though we were in a two-story house um when we moved from the first house it was just a night you know different neighborhood um it was in Lancaster both houses was in Lancaster which is like when you're little you don't know direction you know any of that kind of stuff so you don't you don't know you're moving down the street from where you used to live you don't know any of that kind of stuff so we literally moved down the street (laughs) not too far away from um from my other home, and we were there, and it was a nice house, and they had an RV, and they seemed nice, they was older, uh, we went so many different places in the house, and we went to camp, and we just had so much fun, and I just loved camp, and I also did go to camp in my first house as well, so, camp was just so fun, and, you know, I didn't have bad problems or anything. I don't think any need my foster parents at this time. We just was like new and like, wow, like this is where I live. And okay, well, I'm just learning everything, school and friends and all the stuff I never had. And, uh, before you know it, I just remember having to move her home too, not knowing why, you know, like each time I moved, I never knew why I had to move. I just knew that I got used to where I lived and every time I got used to it, I. I finally was accepting it and liking it, I had to leave. And I was just like, damn, like, why do I got to keep leaving every time I, like, get used to this place? Like, get used to new places, I got to go. So I guess that affected me as well as an adult. Um, You know, things always never staying good or staying the same. It always up and get up and go. It's always something suddenly that happens. Um cut short happiness is cut short accepting things finally again. everything was getting cut short um, I have to leave in there I do remember living with my brother for like a week until they found me another place so I remember living with my, my little brother um, he lived like down the street or something from me and I stay with him for yeah, like a week and I went to another home and I was so hurt because I wanted to stay with him so bad he was so little and I wanted to protect him and be there with him but I couldn't stay and then the second home I forgot to mention my older sister didn't come with me there, so I was by myself i was I was at the at the home by myself um it was another foster kid there, but I think she was actually related to them, but they like you know fostered her in so it was I was the only one of my siblings by myself. I think at this point, like most of my brothers lived together, and most of my sisters lived together but I was by myself and um my other sister' was by herself too, and she eventually wanted to go move with my other sisters, they all lived together at one point. I was just the only missing sister that was by myself. Um, And eventually all my brothers went to live together. And I was just by myself and I don't understand why I was the one left out, why everyone got to live with each other. And I was just by myself. And um, I went to another foster home and I was not there long. I just remember having problems and them trying to call the police on me, and them saying I was crazy. I locked myself in the bathroom, and I just cried because I just it was a lot going on. And I remember getting taunted, and just I don't know. I just remember leaving there, and I remember leaving there, and then I went to the foster my last foster home, and I remember I was scared to. To get out and go meet everybody it was, I was just it was nervous, and were a lot of people there, and I just didn't want to get out, and I, I just, you know, just didn't want to go through all this stuff all over again. I was only eight, so between all that time for me and seven, I was in all those homes, and then I went, and, and I was eight years old. I went to the, my last home, and I just was tired of it, and I was tired of moving, I was tired of meeting new people, just to move, just to leave, tired of, you know thinking I was finally somewhere comfortable, you know, kinda of forgetting like um about my parents, am I ever gonna go home? I just kinda of forgot about it or I just put it to the back of my mind. And, you know, to put it to the back of my mind that I wasn't ever gonna really be with my brothers and sisters and all that. So so basically I went to that home and, you know, um my foster mom, she was I think she was in her late thirties when I first came there. She looked so young, and her, her um, daughters were really tall compared to what I was, so I remember thinking that they all were teenagers, <laughs> not really knowing what was going on, just like, oh, they all look young, and I, like look like they're teenagers, but it was cool, you know, when I first went there, um, I got used to being there kind of quickly, you know, because it was a cool family dynamic. You know, it was a mom and a dad there. Just like my second home. Because usually... It's not a lot of... Um, a lot of people... That have a mother and a father like that. It was always just a mom. So, it was crazy. It was like, there was a mom and a dad here. And then there were a full family. It was two, you know, they had two daughters. And then I came and I was the youngest. had my own room. was Mickey Mouse. And I, you know, I didn't like having my own room because I was scared of the dark. So anytime I went somewhere um, and it was like I had to sleep with myself, I would beg to sleep with someone else because I was so scared. So I had my own room and I used to always ask my foster sister if I could sleep in her room because I was so scared of the dark. And I think eventually she let me come sometimes. Um, I remember getting used to getting used to them really quickly it was fun being there um um we used to watch a lot of shows and make up dances and have so much fun and you know just I don't know this is a good memory early years there and um we ended up moving from that house and we ended up moving to another house um that was I guess for a reason for um we had to live in a certain school district, so I remember we had to move from that house, which I really loved that house, and I had met this boy on the block that I used to play with all the time, and we used to just literally ride our bikes around the corner, and I had a crush on him, whatever, he's Mexican, I think he was Mexican, or he was Filipino, I, I can't even remember, I just remember I had a crush on him, I liked him, we had fun together, and i still be on the porch with him sometimes, talking, <laughs> And I used to just remember liking him, and just wanting him to kiss me, and I don't know why I was so one in love like that at such a young age, and then I guess now that I think about it it was because it was something that I guess I didn't feel like I had, I was lacking it, so I used to really have crushes on boys, so and it used to be so deep, and I used to really like them so much, and if I didn't couldn't get them, I'd really cry, or I used to be sad when I said things like I they didn't like me like so young, and I used to really be tripping out for boys, but yeah, I was so sad when we moved and we had to go to a new, a new neighborhood, but the neighborhood was cool, I ended up becoming friends with, like, everybody on the block, of course, because I was just, like, really fun, you know, in those early days, I was, I was such a fun person to be around, and, you know, once you get used to me, I'm, I'm, we're going to have fun, we're going to make up adventures, we're going to do whatever, and, you know, everybody always, you know, was attracted to me like not as far as looks or like it is like to be in my presence they just loved me around or they had to make sure I was involved to make it fun so I liked it that that I gave people uh what do you call it like I gave them a an experience like it was always fun with me so I had that effect on people which I had at a very young age um I don't know uh when I got out of it, but I just know for a while i was I was really into you know just being friends with everyone and having fun and having my crushes and just you know having a good time and then it just that house and that neighborhood and that moment um we were there for I don't care remember how many years, but we were there for a while um when I moved Wigaland, I was eight years old, yeah, so I think we moved from there when I was like maybe thirteen. I Want to say or 12 13 years old now? We want to fast forward the years we moved to that house, is where, is where a lot of things changed for me. Um, it changed because <clears throat> we had got another foster kid, you know. So, when I lived at the first home, I don't remember us having any foster kids, I think it was just me, and it was another foster girl, the uh, foster girl who. Who moved in the home, and she was, I guess, on a, a little bit on the bad side. Like she was a little more troubled than you know than I was, and she was really heavy set as well. She was probably a little older than I was, I think, and she was really tall and she was really heavy set, and she looked so old, like, because she was, because how tall she and big she was. So I just remember her, you know, not really being too accepting to me at first. And I automatically thought maybe it's just because, you know, I'm smaller and she, you know, I'm more petite and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of like she didn't really like me, basically, from the jump. We had to share a room, so we ended up becoming cool just because that we would talk all night about. You know, going back with our parents, or if we ever even wanted to go back with our parents, and how we hated foster care, and we just wanted to go back home, and how could people leave us for so long? So we always have those conversations all night and making up songs about going home, and we became cool until um, she introduced me to a boy at her school that she thought was cute. Now, I didn't, you know, I thought he was cute, too, but She was trying to hook me up with him so much. And she was saying like, oh, he's so cute. This, And he was cute. And she would take my picture to school and show everybody. And I didn't even know she was doing all that. She would show. She had my picture in her folder. And was showing people my picture in her class. And I guess a couple boys was asking her like, oh, who's that? She's really pretty. And she would come home and tell me, oh, people think you're so pretty. And blah, blah, blah. Like she took my picture. So she must have had an obsession with my, with me herself. I don't know. But I, I just know when she came into that home, that's when all hell broke loose. I was always on punishment. I was always in trouble. She was always doing something, stealing candy, doing something to make us go on punishment. And I used to get blamed for it a lot when I didn't have nothing to do with it. And I started to do bad in school. I started to... Um, be more defiant towards my teachers all you know all this dynamic happened because I used to get in trouble for for her and she would let me get in trouble she would lie on me or she would say I did something she did and so we'd just be both in trouble and I used to just be sitting in punishment crying and just wanting to get out of my room I remember being on punishment one time for like a whole year and I just never could go outside. I couldn't do anything. And my personality was fun, and I wanted to be free, and I wanted to be creative. And it's like it was all taken away from me because I was on punishment. I could not do anything. I just sat in a room, and I said make paper people, and I said play with them like dolls, and I said play with my stuffed animals. And then she came and took my stuffed animals because I wasn't allowed to have no type of fun. And I had a radio, so I said record music from the radio and play it over and over and over and cry and try to make more paper people and she'd find them and throw them away and I had to make more and I was miserable I was about 11, 12 years old I was miserable I think my foster sisters were, you know they were doing their own thing at this time they were not really around like that they used to stick up for me sometimes and help me get off punishment when I was on punishment for a long time And that's just when everything changes, I just remember just always being in trouble and just always wanting to be happy again. And that's why I wasn't. I just never was happy anymore. Before you know it, we we moved, you know, the foster girl, she left, and we had to move again, and we moved over to... um, uh, like basically across the cul-de-sac or whatever to another, play, another place to be into another school district and then I just remember being 13 when junior high came and up I just everything changed and it never was the same I just never I couldn't get my grades right ever my grades were always bad um, I never wanted to pay attention in school. I uh, I didn't care about respecting anyone. I just was, I was bad. I just started turning bad at school. At home, I was just quiet never expressed myself. I never, you know, was able to stick up for myself. For the, for the most part, when I got in trouble, I just didn't care no more. I got to a stage where I was numb. Um, I just didn't care about listening to authorities. I didn't care about te- listening to my teachers. But I mean I did listen to my foster mom and I'll do whatever she told me to do. But it's like nothing was ever good enough for her. So I just always felt like okay, I don't know what to do because every time I do something she asks me to do, it's not good enough, it's not done why right, it's not done right, it's this, that, and the third, and I just don't understand why this point in life and, like no one <laughs> like gives a fuck about me or uh, I'm not good enough for nobody. Um it was just a lot. A lot going on and I just remember also like liking I'm trying to think who I liked it in junior high. I had liked it a couple different guys actually. Um, I liked that a boy named Brandon and his brother. Both of them are very, very cute and I liked both of them. And I used to fight with him and stuff at school. Well, not with both the brothers, just one of the brothers and I used to um like this other boy in my class. Oh, I well you know what, I'm sorry, I used to like I don't really want to say that. Now it's let Like the boy named, I'll just say M, and then a boy named W, and then a boy named B, um, the most. Oh, yeah, and then a boy named um, S. Um, they were all different races. I used to like them a lot. And it was a point where they all play with me like the first boy i ever liked he played with me he, he would pretend pretend that he liked me and then and it came to a point where he was writing me and he in the letter he was like asking me about sex and stuff i was mind you i'm only like 13 at this time 13 or 14 i don't remember um but i remember him saying i've ever had sex before and stuff so he was playing with me to see if he got sex with me so he used to pretend that you know he was interested and he used to, um, play with me all the time and do all this stuff behind, you know, closed doors, not saying we're alone, but, like, when we're just us, he would always act like he liked me, and then when everybody else is around, he didn't act like he liked me no more, and it was just so confusing, so he was, like, the first person I really liked when I was in junior high that basically played with me, and I just, you know, like, he just never wanted to be my boyfriend and it hurt my feelings a lot that he played with me like that and he just pretended to like me just so he could have sex with me and then when he realized he couldn't he just you know I just never talked to him no more and then I ended up liking W and then W would flirt with me as well and say little flirty things and but he had a girl he ended up getting a girlfriend and he ended up you know telling people he didn't like me like that like every boy would always say they never liked me but when it was just us they would act so different like Every guy that I named would flirt with me. Every single one that I liked. And but when it came down to oh girlfriend, boyfriend, they never wanted to be with me. And that's when I started thinking like, well maybe I'm ugly, maybe I'm just ugly and I just, you know, I can't get a guy. So I was ugly, introduced to being just ugly. And then, you know, at home I you know, they'd always talk about wait, wait, wait all the time and then You know, always tell me I'm I'm big as a house or I'm getting big and I'm this and that. So, I started being insecure about myself, about my looks, about my body, about everything. I just start not really liking myself at all. Um, And I remember just never could, you know, get with anybody. Nobody ever wanted to make me public or make make anything public or official with me. So, I just was always the one that they... You flirt with, but not be with so um yeah that was my that was the other situation I used to just be boy crazy when I was younger, but not the boys would ever make me their girlfriend, and uh there's a lot of you know a lot of uh insecurity been going on, a lot of things going on in my mind where I was just so confused, and uh, you know at this time, I know that I'm not ever going back home, with my parents I'm not with my brothers and sisters i you not know, really see them. It was just a lot going on in my life. I remember just feeling like, why me? Like, why did this happen to me? Why do we have to go to foster care? Why do we have to be in this situation where, you know, people don't care about you. You never get real. Love treated to you is always fake. Like, no one cares. It was just a lot. And then I remember this foster girl moved in. And she was older than me. And she was observing, I guess, um, the household when she moved in. She came to me one day. And she said, it's so sad that your foster mom just uses you guys for money. And, you know, she doesn't really care about you guys. And she treats you, treats you so mean. She doesn't treat you like her kids. And she's always um, making you do everything. And she was just telling me all this stuff one day. She just said, like, you should get out of here. You should leave. You should not stay here. You're not getting treated right. She's said, i only been here for a couple of days. And I already see how it is. And I don't know how you can sit here and get treated like this. She was just going so crazy and she made me just really look like, oh, Am I getting treated bad? Like, you know, I was just so numb to everything, I didn't really care about nothing no more. But she would came in and she said, Yeah, like you're always in trouble for nothing. You don't even do anything. She was like, You're like the most nicest one here, the most the one that doesn't do anything at all. You're always the one in trouble and she's like, I don't understand that. You're always getting blamed for everything all everyone else does and you're always have to be the one to do this, that, and you're always in trouble and she was explaining everything she noticed And she was just telling me, it's not fair, you should leave. And I just didn't want to leave. I was already too comfortable. I was already too, you know, just I've been there already for so long. I'm like, why would I leave? You know, I might as well stay here. This is the longest place I've ever been. And, you know, in the other place, I was only there for like a year or less than a year, and I had to move. So once I went past a year and then two years, three years, four years, I was like, oh, well, I actually am here, like, I'm I'm actually staying here, so I got used to it, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to leave. I was I was cool with just being in one place, no matter what happened in that place. I just wanted to stay there. I didn't want to keep moving around and having to get used to new people and new schools, and you know, I, I just accepted it. So, when she was telling me that she think I should move, I was just, I used to think about it a lot, but then I was like, no, because I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. And I've already been here long enough. I'm already used to everybody here. So she left she was there i think she ran away and then there was another girl who came who also basically explained to me like the whole process of foster care and d rates and there's different rates and how you get more money for kids who are who are like um slower or more emotional and she started explaining to me all the like the doesn't foster care i never even knew and i was just my mind was blown because i was like really like all oh, that that's really what goes on she's like yeah You got to, you know, she got to learn what's going on. Like, you've been in foster care since how old? And I'm like, since seven. She's like, yeah, you got to be learning what's going on. She's like, you've been here for so long and you don't know nothing. You need to, you know, study, you know, what's going on and your resources and the things you should have. And, you know, she was telling me, like, if you wanted braces, you're supposed to get your braces. You're supposed to have a computer. You're supposed to have this, this, this. And, you know, things you need for school or, you know, just make sure, you know, that you're getting taken care of Right. And she used to really be on my head about it, everything because she was older and she was like, I don't want you to be living in here and you just getting the bare minimum. Like you need to be getting everything everybody else should be getting. And you got to make sure that you're um, if you want to go to camp again or you want to go to certain events or be part of teams, like you be involved with everything. And I was like too late because at that point I didn't I didn't care about it no more. I didn't want to do no sports because I used to play sports. Mind you, I was the fastest girl at school in elementary school not even i don't even know because i never even ran in junior high but elementary i was the fastest girl there i used to be the best in basketball i used to basically be so good at all sports like the boys would pick me to play with them like i wouldn't even get picked last i was so good in everything that everybody would want me to play football basketball soccer when we ran track i was always picked first uh, we play any game in PE. I was always the first girl Most every time to get picked out of all girls, even some over some boys. So I was good. You know, I love sports, and I had this passion for it at first, and I wanted to be in sports because my five sisters were in sports too, and they were praised for being good in basketball and track. So I used to be like, okay, I want to be praised like that too. So I used to try my best to be the best in those sports at school, and then I used to try to be, you know, I wanted to be part of the team. But they had a track um, team at elementary school, and I joined it because I was like, okay, well, I want to be like, you know, I really admired my foster sister. She's a track runner, and I wanted to be like that too. So I remember, you know, joining the little track team in sixth grade, and I was just trying my best. I wanted to be, you know, someone proud of me and people to look look at me, and be like, oh, my gosh, she's so fast. Or, but, I didn't, you know, I never really had the support um, through that. I never really, um, I guess, uh Maybe I never told her, or maybe I never in my mind, but I don't ever remember her coming around, sending my little track things I had, and so I just kind of you know gave up on that um, at an early age. But yeah, I had a passion for sports at first, you know, and sports and music, always, and um, yeah, everything just kind of just I didn't care no more. I didn't really want to be involved in anything. I just want to go to camp. I just want to do you know whatever I could do, but nothing ever happened. I just remember always been in trouble, punishment, sad about something, a boy didn't like me, whatever. But it's always something. And I think that was the tone for the rest of my time in foster care, which is always like a numb feeling and never good enough and always can treat different and never thinking I was nobody and nobody caring about what I went through. And when I was fourteen years old I got molested and seemed like no one cared about that. And, you know, the grown man sat here and tried to touch my vagina, my breast, my ass, everything to try to fool out, like, fuck with me. And I was only 14 years old and nothing ever happened to him. He just, you know, was able to do that and just live his life and never got in trouble for it. So, yeah, I'm going to pick up another time. I'm going to pick up um, part two because I've been rambling. But yeah, so I'm going to end it off there and we're going to talk about, you know, high school. You are tuned in to On a Late Night. Good night to some. Good morning to others. Peace and love to all. Say a prayer for yourself and for your loved ones. Until next time.